0: I'll be you. Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry skies, see your hand in time, in mine to lead me through the night. They say, my wife tells me that all the time, and I ask, who is they? They say, They tell you to bring along when you're you're headed out. They say, bring along extra clothes. You should bring extra clothes. Ideally, they would be water repellent, maybe waterproof. You should bring that along when you go. They say, uh, when you go, you should bring extra food. You should bring extra food. Not normal consuming amount, but there should be additional amounts. Extra food. They say when you go, you should bring extra water. Not the ordinary amount that you would consume, but extra water should be what you should take. They say you should bring sun protection It's part of what you should bring. Maybe an extra sun protective clothing, maybe a hat, maybe some sunglasses. They say you should bring sun protection. They say... You should bring a knife or some kind of multi-tool. You should have some tools available. Those should be with you. They say that you should bring a flashlight or a headlamp. That should be part of what you bring along. That's what they say. They say you should be able to start a fire. In that case, I say more than one item. Waterproof matches, which to this day I've never been able to light. <laughs> a lighter, or better yet, a flint. You should be able to start a fire as needed. They say you should bring along something to navigate. It should be maps, this one of Mount Rainier. You should have a compass. You should be able to navigate. These are things that you should have. You should have. Portable temporary shelter, so some kind of reflective blanket or piece, multi-use deal where you're able to be warm or create shelter of some kind. You should carry a first aid kit of some kind to be able to bandage, change infection, stop any wounds in case all the other things you brought didn't prevent you from harm. Perhaps you caught on, these are the ten items that are not typically kept in a shoebox. These are the ten items that are kept in a backpack. These are the ten essentials for hiking. The original ten essentials was a list assembled in the 1930s by the Mountaineers, which was a Seattle-based organization for climbers and outdoor adventurers. It created the list to help people be prepared for emergency situations. Essentials, whenever you step into backcountry, even on a day hike, it's a good habit. Well, I'm probably not going to use any of those things or very few on any typical hike. That's probably true, but If and when something does go awry, you truly will appreciate the value of carrying these items that could be essential for survival, essential for survival. Today, I'm going to speak about a different sort of hike. The walk that I'm addressing today also follows a path, a Particular trail, if you will. The journey that I'm describing can be as difficult or more difficult than a backcountry hike. In this message this afternoon, I'm going to share some essentials for wisdom's path. As hiking has 10 necessities that are essential for a hiker's survival, I believe the elements that we share this afternoon are essential to wisdom's survival in our lives. In last week's message, we posed the question, how do good people wind up living poorly? We found that good people live poorly when they harden their hearts toward God. Good people make tragic mistakes when they distance themselves from the Lord. We also discover that good people live poorly when they mistake righteousness for wisdom. Righteousness explains our standing, our right relationship with God. But that is different from wisdom. Righteousness isn't the same. Wise living is earthly. Wise living is a human experience on this Planet. And if we mistake our right standing with God for wise living on earth, then good people fall into foolish outcomes. Of course, we found the alternative to these failures in David's psalm last week after they returned the Ark of God back to Jerusalem, the Ark of God representing the focus and the center of God's presence. David sang, Seek the Lord in his strength seek his face evermore. Remember, they brought that ark back in a tabernacle, in a tent right there in the middle of the city, and it had already been found. It wasn't a matter that it was lost, but David said, seek that. In other words, he was telling us regularly and forever visit the tent. You need to spend time in the tabernacle with the presence of God. You need to frequent the Lord's strength. David knew, as we discovered in scripture, that God alone is wise. And David understood that the presence of God does more than bring us in a right relationship with God. But the presence of God sets the stage for wise living in this world. We discover there's a difference between finding God and learning from God. There's a difference between an experience with God and prospering in God. And David called the people to continually visit the Lord, the presence of God, to visit the tent, if you will. But humans are funny creatures. Not any in this room, I'm sure. But by and large, humans are funny creatures. We're really good at misunderstanding or incomplete understanding. In this particular case, funny creatures like humans, we might assume that being in the presence of God is all that we need for wisdom. Perhaps we might think like this. You know, as long as I pray, I'm going to be wise. Or maybe we think, when I'm in the presence of God, wisdom will just seep into me. Not so. If that were the case, then I need you to explain to me the scripture in Luke 2.52, where it speaks about Jesus as a 12-year-old. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom. Now, Jesus didn't just experience the presence of God. He was the presence of God, God in flesh, God with us. And yet that human needed to increase in wisdom. If if the presence of God was all that I needed to be wise, then Jesus would have no need to have increased in wisdom. Everybody with me? Yet Jesus increased in wisdom. So the tent, the presence of God is primary, it's powerful, but... Can I challenge us? In fact, I will challenge us today that the presence of God is just the beginning. How so, preacher? How is the presence of God just the beginning? Well, we'll let the wisest man who ever lived to answer that question. In Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10, Solomon, wise King Solomon, said this: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of. Of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Later on, in chapter fifteen and verse thirty-three, Solomon wrote this: "The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Humility precedes honor." Based on the Proverbs later on in the New Testament, the apostles James and Peter both wrote these words, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I piece those truths together and I understand this, pride distances any of us from God. And if I'm at a distance from God, then I am at a distance from God who alone is wise. And so pride puts me at a distance from wisdom in this world. And so the first step to wisdom is humility. And humility is introduced and reinforced in the presence of Almighty God. There's something about getting in the presence of God, or as David might have said, over there in that tabernacle, in that tent, near that ark, that when we're in the presence of God, we're reminded afresh, He is all-powerful, and I am limited. And in that presence, I am humbled. When I'm in the compassionate presence of God, as he loves me in my imperfection, I'm reminded that I have fractured attitudes. I am broken and I am incomplete because I'm in the presence of a holy God. I realize my incompleteness and I am humbled. in the presence of God. I'm saturated by his purity and my pride is reduced and erased. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it brings us back to a starting place. One version or one verse says it's back to a foundation. You see, wisdom begins when I allow the Lord's holy presence to change my attitude and to prepare me to receive what God would have me to receive and when my attitude is changed. Then I can join with wise Solomon. In Proverbs 3, Solomon called out, and those of us who spend time in his presence, getting out of the presence of God, we can declare with him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise, In your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. A a, a wise person, biblically, a wise person in the sight of God is one who is humble, a humble person that welcomes God to saturate our entire lives in every way, in every facet of our lives. In fact, when a person taste God or wisdom's success. When a person experiences the health and the strength that wisdom provides, she would pursue wisdom even more. And like Solomon, a wise person would declare, as in Proverbs 4 and 5, get wisdom. Having tasted of the strength and the benefit and the power and the wonder of wisdom here on earth, something within us would provoke others to say, Hey, Get wisdom, get understanding, don't forget, don't turn away from those words, don't forsake wisdom. Wisdom will pursue you, preserve you, love wisdom, and wisdom will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding, exalt wisdom, and wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will bring you honor when you embrace wisdom. Wisdom will place you on your, on your head, an ornament of grace, and a crown of glory. Wisdom will deliver to you. A wise person embraces humility in God's presence, and then that humble person welcomes wisdom in every aspect of their lives. A wise person enjoys wisdom's benefits, and when we do, he seeks wisdom, would seek, be sought even more and more of benefits. Surely, it's the way of wisdom that begins with the fear of the Lord. Ladies in the audience, you might take note. If you aren't taking notes already, perhaps you can make this note. First of all, Proverbs 4, 5 to 9, Wisdom is referred to as a lady. That might prove beneficial in days to come. We look at those things that wisdom does, wisdom provides. Preservation because of wisdom. Promotion by wisdom. Honor, glory, and grace all delivered by wisdom. The path of wisdom sounds appealing. Knowing that wisdom begins in God's presence, we might ask, how do we continue on wisdom's path? What are the essentials for wisdom walking? What are the essentials? Quick minds in the audience are thinking right now, my God, there's 10 essentials for a backpack. Is he going to give us 10 this afternoon? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. Notice I didn't answer the question. Here we go. Proverbs 1, 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. That's who's wrote these. This is Solomon's words. He's the son of David. Then these next few verses, Solomon explains the purpose of Proverbs. Here's why he shared them. Verse number 2. To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. And then Solomon explains in this next verse a wise man's response To the Proverbs. How would a wise man respond to Solomon's wise Proverbs? Verse number five A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain to wise counsel. And why would a wise man do these things? Verse number 6, Solomon penned, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. I want to express today wisdom, walking in wisdom, living in wisdom. Wisdom on this earth is a process. It's not a one-time revelation. It's a refined practice. Wisdom is a path. Wisdom is a way of living. It's a lifetime hike, if you will. And the wisdom path can be a tough path. It can be a struggle. For many, wisdom's path has some trial and error involved. Wisdom takes time. Most of all, I want us to appreciate about wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It's not just what we know, but what we do with what we know. Wisdom reflects knowledge. Wisdom prays about knowledge. Wisdom discerns manners and ways and methods to apply knowledge. Wisdom asks these kinds of questions. What does this mean for me today? That's what wisdom does. What, what's this mean for me at work tomorrow? Wisdom says, how does this impact me at home? Wisdom asks, should this change me in some way? And if so, how would it change me? Wisdom asks, how, how does this knowledge impact my values? How could my attitudes change? Should my language change? Should my practices change? What else should possibly change because of this knowledge? Wisdom is applied knowledge. Now, in order to apply knowledge, verse number 5 provides two essentials for wisdom's path. And I'm going to talk about those two today. Proverbs 1 and verse 5, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Two things. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. Essential number one, the wise will hear and increase in learning. Essential number two, the wise will attain wise counsel. Let's look at essential number one, those who will hear and increase learning. For the wise, knowledge acquisition never ends. All of our students and teens and children are downstairs. Maybe there's some college students up here. I guess I can break the news. We're all adults in the room. School never lets out. For the wise... For the wise, there's never an end to learning to those who are wise. If I'm going to have success in living in wisdom's path, it's essential to hear and increase learning. Now, here's the thing about knowledge. Possessing knowledge does not guarantee wisdom. Anybody in the room, you ever knew a smart person who did dumb things? Please don't call out any names or share any pictures. They had this. They had it up here. They were wicked good at a game of trivial pursuit. But in terms of living life, maybe we said something like this, but why don't they have any common sense? Right? Why can't they apply what's in their brains? Well, certainly, wisdom, possessing knowledge is important, but it doesn't guarantee wisdom. We can know the facts, but not how to apply them. But conversely, let me say this. Walking in wisdom absolutely depends on knowledge. None of us, no person can ever be wise who doesn't have knowledge. Knowledge is a fundamental point. You can't apply knowledge when we don't have knowledge. When a student graduates from high school, she signifies the completion of one stage of learning. Commencement is the beginning of new learning and the application now of past learning. But learning isn't over. The high school graduate who learns nothing beyond graduation is rapidly left behind by peers who keep on learning. And without further learning, without more knowledge, there's no possibility of greater or further wisdom. I hope that you'll hear me this afternoon and grasp what I'm trying to get across. If any of us, puts an end to learning in our lives. We are capping wisdom at that point. We're not going to get any wiser. We're not going to apply any more goodness, any more betterment, any more improvement in any of our lives if we determine enough is enough, I am learning no more. Same is true for college graduates. They graduate with completed a state of learning but they still must continue to learn to stay on wisdom's path. Any kind of career training, it's true. Graduation, I'm done with a stage. I've known, I've learned a certain amount of things, but learning has to continue for wisdom to continue. In fact, one of the primary things that every student is supposed to learn in formal education is this, keep on learning the rest of your life. Classrooms, teachers, professors, formalized, focused, formal training. What should get into the head of every student is, I'm learning how to learn. And for the rest of my life, I need to keep on learning. And Solomon is saying this, listen, if you're going to be wise and you're going to be able to apply knowledge in your life, essential number one, keep on learning. Those who are wise hear and increase in learning. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Now, here's here's a tricky one. How do I know if I'm applying knowledge well? If wisdom is applied knowledge, how do I know I'm putting that knowledge to good work? How do I know I'm using knowledge properly? Again, we'll go to Solomon, Proverbs 1 and verse number 5. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Here's essential number two. Those who are wise attain wise counsel. Later on in his Proverbs in 15 and 22, Solomon said, Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Remember, I said earlier, humans are funny. There's something about we humans, something about being independent and prideful humans. Something about that causes us to think or say this, I'll figure it out by myself. And you know what? You don't have to be an adult to have that thought. In fact, most children have it. They'll, they can't even make a sentence, but they'll say something about myself. They're going to do it on their own. And to some extent, we're happy to facilitate that. Any wise parents wants those kids to leave someday. Independence is healthy. To an extent. But there's something about humanity that we get this in our mind. I'll figure it out myself. But according to Solomon, the wisest man ever, that kind of human thinking isn't wise thinking. Wisdom secures wise counsel. Why is that? Why would Solomon pen that, this wisest of all men? Because wise counsel is what helps us, every one of us, to know if we're applying knowledge well. Wise counsel helps us to know whether I'm doing a good job of putting knowledge to work. Well, how would I I determine what wise counsel is? A wise counsel would be simply advice or direction or even correction from someone who has successful experience using that knowledge. All through this city and all cities like it, there are folks who offer wise counsel for a fee. Professionals in their trade be they carpenters or plumbers, electricians or doctors or nurses or lawyers, they offer a fee for their wise counsel. They have knowledge in their respective fields and they have experience successfully applying that knowledge. I appreciate a person who has a knowledge of pipe wrenches and Types of pipe and types of pipe fittings and locations of drains and shutoffs and valves. And I appreciate that. But I value more the person who knows how to apply that knowledge and fix my broken faucet. Everybody with me? Knowledge and successful experience determine wise counsel. And Solomon said this, wise counsel is essential for wise living. Recently, my wife and I were comparing notes on some biblical conversations we've been having with folks who who don't attend this congregation, but we continue to meet new people intentionally and to work into conversations that are about the things of God and open up an opportunity to say, you need to know, could you know, would you know, are you interested to know what I know? We we pursue those conversations. My wife and I were swapping stories about that, and we we realized recently that in a number of occasions we've had this phrase come up when we, we talk about church. We've invited folks to come worship with us here at Living Faith. I had one person in particular ask me specifically how many people will be there on Sunday. I said, well, on average, about 85. Now, no, I'm not coming there. And the response was, and my wife is getting similar responses, I need a church where I can slip in and slip out. I need a church where I can slip in and slip out. Now, I I have to say I can't predict or read the minds or declare the reasoning of people why they would say those things. I I can't tell you their motives, but I, I can predict the results of slipping in and slipping out. It limits relationships with fellow disciples. And slipping in and slipping out means limited availability to wise Christian counsel. Limited Christian relationships means this. I'm limiting the advice that I would receive in my life. I'm limiting the direction that I would receive in my life. I'm limiting the correction that I might receive in my life. Limited Christian relationships means that I am restricting the amount of input from other successful disciples. That's what's slipping in and slipping out is all about. Now, I can't speak for you, but I will confess this for me. I don't always enjoy wise counsel. You know, you know what I don't like about wise counsel? The possibility that I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. You know why I don't like that? Because I like to be right. Come on, we like to be right. What kind of person in this world goes around saying, it's my goal in life to be a total loser? It's my goal in life to fail at everything I attempt. No, not at all. We want to be right. We like to think that we're right. We like to feel like we're right. We like to have this feeling of success and knowledge and understanding. And and I'm that way. I like to think I'm right. I I don't like the possibility that I'm wrong. But once again, oh, Solomon, man, he calls me out. The way the Bible's funny like that. Proverbs 9 and verse 7. Look what Solomon says. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. He who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. But look at this. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Man, I have a hard time with that. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Look, I don't need a show of hands, but I I wonder, am I the only one who struggles with this? If I want to be wise, wisdom says you accept correction. Wisdom receives instruction. Wisdom is teachable. When I attain wise counsel, you know what? I might find out that my knowledge is not as correct as I thought it was. I might discover that the way that I'm applying knowledge isn't the best way to do that. That's the the very purpose of wise counsel, to validate our use of knowledge. And so when you or I or any would subject our lives to wise counsel, we got to be ready for this. The response might be thumbs up, but it might be thumbs down. Humanity says this, I'll figure it out myself. But wisdom says, I'll check with wise counsel to be sure. And for me, it comes down to this. Do I want to believe that I'm right? Or do I want to know that I'm right? When considering wise counsel, I've got to have the other's input, the other's perspective, the other's viewpoint, the other's understanding, the other's wisdom. According to Solomon, wise counsel is essential number two. Now, let me say this quickly before we come to a close. I think when we talk about wise counsel, we need to ask this question. Can media replace people? Media, media means anything that transfers information and knowledge. So books, articles, audio recording, video recording, broadcasts, YouTube, online. Media that are methods of transferring information. Can media replace people for wise counsel? Media is sharing knowledge, but I would say and remind us, it can't reinforce wisdom. Why not? Because media doesn't evaluate our use of knowledge. And wisdom is the use of knowledge. It's the application of knowledge. Media offers no accountability. When I read a book and I gather the knowledge, the book doesn't evaluate what I do with that knowledge, how I use that knowledge. If I watch something online, I take in that knowledge, but the production doesn't measure how well I use that information. I have to confess something else, and this one, frankly, it bothers me. Sermons offer no accountability. What I'm doing today, what I do most Sundays, is truth telling. It's truth proclaiming. As long as I stay in this good book, it's right as right can be. It's proclaiming and professing and bringing to our observation. As we have the presence of God moving in this place, we have the word of God, the presence of God. It will highlight in every life as we allow it where we need to change to add things or delete things from our lives. That's what the presence and the power and the word of God does. But there's no accountability in this sermon. Who evaluates our response to truth? What happens here on Sunday is important, it's valuable, I believe in it, That's why I'm here, but it's not complete. Wise counsel is what challenges each of us the other six days and 22 hours of the week. Wise counsel, accountability, wisdom is applied knowledge. How are you going to end this service, preacher? Well, wisdom would ask, what will I do with this knowledge? Wisdom will ask, how will I apply what I have heard today? Now, I'm going to offer some suggestions to particular questions before I do. Would you bow your heads with me if you're comfortable? Close your eyes if it helps you to focus. We're going to pray a very simple prayer, and that prayer is this. Lord, I invite your spirit to mingle with your word and direct my life. Speak to me very directly. Give me ideas. Give me understanding. Lord, move and minister in my life right here, right now. As your word is powerful, As your word is true, as your holy presence is certainly in this place, as we are promised by your word, stir up in my mind and in my spirit, Lord. It is my desire to walk in wisdom. Help me, Lord, to... Not only accept, and thankfully, Lord, accept your cleansing for my life. Lord, that you've washed away my sins, that you have put your name on me in baptism. You've filled me with your spirit, Lord. You've placed me in some right relationship, Lord. But more than that, Lord, it's my desire to live this life in wisdom. And I pray in the next few moments, you would talk to me very clearly and very directly not only in the words that are offered by this preacher, but above and beyond in another manner and other methods speak to me wisdom for my life. Would you say in Jesus' name? So if you haven't already had pens, paper, pencils ready, you haven't fired up your phone and opened a new notes section for today, now is the time. Because I'm going to offer some questions. I got some slides to help us along so I don't have to repeat myself a bunch. We're going to ask some questions about these essentials along wisdom's path. Essential number one was those who are wise hear and increase learning. The psalmist said, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise. The The law of the Lord makes wise the simple. So here's question number one and slide number one. How will I hear and increase learning? How will I hear and increase? Everyone say increase. Well, I already got some learning going on. Awesome. How will I increase? Now, I'm not giving all the answers this afternoon. I'm offering some suggestions. These aren't the only ways and all the ways to increase here and increased learning. But I'm offering these as some suggestions today and some things to pray about. Let me, let me throw this out right now. If none of these fits your desire for increased learning, then you need to pray to the creator of heaven and earth, who is the most creative one to ever be. He has ideas above and beyond your ideas and mine. He'll give you the ideas you need. But here's some suggestions. Daily reading and meditation. How am I going to increase that? Is there a better time of day? Do I need to wake up a little earlier? Do I need to set aside some time so that what I'm reading, then I can spend some time thinking about it? reading it over again, and asking that question, what does this mean for me today, Lord? How will this change my attitude, my actions today? Wisdom in how will this increase, daily reading and meditation. Here's another one. How will I hear and increase learning? The next slide says this. Perhaps I need to increase my Sunday attendance. Now, preacher, I never used to go to church at all. And now, bless God, I'm going on Easter and Christmas. Preacher, I never used to go to church at all. Now I go once a month, sometimes twice a month. (laughs) Increased Sunday attendance. Listen, nobody in this congregation are 100 percenters, not even me. I miss Sundays on occasion. We can all do better. We can, why would I do that? Because I'm increasing learning and knowledge. Why would I do that? Because I will not get more wise in my living day-to-day by God's word until there's more learning going on. Hey, there's a way. Here's another way. Next slide. I want to learn more. Teach a personal Bible study. A tremendous way to learn more is to study to tell somebody else something. Incredible way to learn more. I usually have some Bible studies sitting up here. They're probably in the back on the entryway. One lesson Bible study to talk to people about the validity of Scripture and how to find salvation. I need to learn some more. Then why don't you study and prepare to tell somebody else about the things of God. It's amazing how we learn more as we prepare to tell others more. Here's another way we could hear and increase our learning and it's in the similar vein. You could do this. You could next slide help me. Get involved in children's ministry. I'm afraid of teaching a Bible study to adults. Okay, start out with kids. They're sweet, they're nice. Most of them. You can talk to Noah and Jackie and say, you know what, I'd like to kind of be coming to church on Sunday where I'm thinking about things, I'm studying things, I'm preparing things and to share with somebody else. And lo and behold, as I prepare to invest in others, I grow myself. Something about that. Here's another way that we can hear an increased learning. This will be a big surprise. Participate in a faith group participate in a faith group. I could use some relational knowledge. I need to grow in wisdom in my relationships. Well, you grow in wisdom in relationships by getting knowledge about relationships. So if you're married, you can join the art of marriage, or you're not married, or even beyond marriage, you say, you know what, I am married, but I want to go to crucial conversations. What is that? It's knowledge to help me be more wise and living. I need some personal knowledge in my walk with God. Sign up for ordering your private world. I need some kingdom knowledge. I need to know what my purpose is as a disciple of Christ. Sign up for follow to lead and learn and apply. Make yourself available to hear and learn. Here's essential number two. Attain wise counsel. So we ask the question, how will I increase wise counsel in my life? Here's number one. We're back to Sunday again. Instead of slipping in and slipping out, hang around. Hang around. So on Sunday after service, instead of high-tailing it, well, I've got dinner in the oven and it'll burn. Stop doing that. Cook dinner another way. Just trying to be plain here. So, hang it, stand around and we have great conversations and we have good understanding, but ask questions of one another about the Word of God. Hey, in the service today, I heard this. Did you hear that? Yeah, I made a note of that. I'm wondering what I can do with that tomorrow. Did you have any thoughts on that? Because you were both in this experience. You were both in this understanding. You both prayed about the word of God that was preached or taught and responded to. Now you can have a conversation with a fellow disciple who has a different perspective and different experience and say, you know what, how about helping me a little bit and maybe I'll have the opportunity to help you also. Everybody with me? How will I increase wise counsel? Here's another way. Intentional marriage and family discussions. Got husband and wife both serving the Lord. Thank God for that. But have conversations about it. Ask your spouse, hey, I was reading this in my Bible reading today, and I found this passage, and I'm not sure I'm living this right. What do you think? Am I applying this? Do you see this in my life? How could I do this better? How could I apply this in a better way? Intentional conversations. Intentional conversations with children around the table where you do the same thing. In fact, I love the intentional conversations that happen right as we get in the car on Sundays with our families headed home. What happened today? What did we talk about today? How does this make us different? How do we live differently? Why? Because it's wisdom, not just knowledge, but how do I apply what I'm doing? Here's another way. How do I increase wise counsel in my life? Intentional interviews. Years and years ago, leadership guru John Maxwell suggested that you map out lunch with people, coffee with people, and you have five questions ready in advance. And you're thinking about your discipleship, your Christian walk, some area of your life. I want to apply wisdom in every area of my life. Have some intentional interviews. Get together with somebody. Can I have some of your time? Now, if you're going to pick their brain and act like a cub reporter and ask five questions and get diligent information, let me suggest this. Pay for their lunch. Pay for their coffee. You're gleaning things from them, wisdom from them, understanding from them, benefiting from them. You're pursuing wise counsel. Final one, as a suggestion. Okay, this isn't everything. This is a suggestion. How will I increase wise counsel in my life? Oh, oh, participate in a faith group. Faith groups meet during the week, various times, various topics 20 people or less. What do you do? We have conversations. We talk about. Can I tell you, I have learned so much from other people in the faith groups I have been in because people become candid and they become open. And we're praying for one another. We're caring for one another. And somebody says, you know what? I had that happen in my life. And when I did, this is what happened and I didn't do too good. Or someone else says, this is what happened and it played out great. And in that conversation and in that interaction, there is accountability. There is wise counsel. I can say, well, here's what's going on in my life, and I read this, and I think that's what I'm going to do. And somebody can kindly say, you know, have you thought about this if you do that? Well, if you do that, what will happen here? What is that? It's wise counsel to trusted folks who have experience and success in using the knowledge that I'd like to use. That's what that is all about because wisdom is an earthly thing, it's how we are successful or failures here in this world. Christianity is the premier self help of the entire world. Christianity holds within it, not just a right relationship with God. That's the primary purpose. That's the fundamental purpose. None of us can make ourselves right with God without his love, his compassion, his sacrifice, his shed blood. But you know what? As I've said before, this Christianity is for more than Sunday afternoon for an hour and a half. It's for more than goosebumps when I'm worshiping or praying. It is a saturating element to help us live wisely in this world. And that's what the Word of the Lord calls us to do. The Spirit of the Lord calls us to do. So I send us home today, and hopefully in everybody's backpacks, two essentials for living in wisdom. Two essentials for living in wisdom. To hear and increase in knowledge, and to pursue and attain wise counsel. Stand with me, would you? Now, Next week, I'm going to talk about a couple of other things related to wise working and wise living and wise walking in this pathway. Got those in mind. It'll probably just be a couple of them. It might not be 10, but it might. I reserve the right to make 10 full things if we need to. Great to have everybody in the house of God today. You know it is my prayer and my desire? That every one of us in this week will live in more wisdom and more success than we have prior. That we'll live in more wisdom and more success than we have prior. If somebody near you, family member, friend, and you're comfortable, would you take them by the hand or lay a hand on their shoulder? And let's pray wisdom into one another's life right now. Lord Jesus, we look to you. We call upon you. We trust you, Lord. We recognize the power and truth. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series, or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. You give me peace